but yeah, hopefully no issues. So, man, that's just, God, what a weekend. I ended up winning big last weekend, and then this past weekend just got destroyed. So. Yeah, those are the breaks. I mean, it's kind of, we, was, we, talk, we was, talked about it. Hey, we got one coming. Yeah. And they came. Did. Yeah, they it definitely did come. So, uh, not fun. Not great, Bob. But uh, in, since we're uh, here, welcome back to the South End Zone Podcast. You're on the Big Skin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with Eric Mulher as per the usual. Eric, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. Just uh, another random Tuesday in my life trying to get uh, some stuff done without being overburdened. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a delicate balance. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's real tough. That retirement life is really hard. <laughs> so, um, well... I wanted to, or well, we wanted to open our show with a little bit of uh, breaking news. I mean, if you if you haven't heard about it, you've probably been living under a rock. Uh, but uh, coming out of uh, Richmond, the University of Virginia, we had a uh, little bit of bad news this week. Uh, former player, and I'm not going to really mention any names here just in the interest of time, but a former player, I guess, went on what you would call a a rage or a rant of some type and three university of Virginia football players were shot and killed, uh, in, and a couple of other non football players were, uh, hit and injured. And I guess what you could just call a random shooting, an act of violence, a lot of, uh, a lot of support and things like that coming from the university. I saw where thousands of students gathered on the, uh, the quad there, the main lawn at Virginia, uh, in support of that. So our thoughts and prayers go out to those affected by this, uh, I guess what I would call a tragedy, Eric. Yeah. I mean, that's the best word for it. Um, it's one of those, uh, occurred Sunday evening. And as of Tuesday afternoon, you know, there's not a ton of detail. Now I will say, you know, when detail comes out, I can't imagine a scenario where it's going to make it any less senseless and tragic, uh, you right. know, whatever those details are. So, well, I did say they, they did apprehend the shooter. So they did. That's, and that's, that's good news. Right. As far as, uh, you know, limiting, getting any worse, but God, it's already bad enough. I, I couldn't imagine being, being on that team or on that staff or even a student at that school would be, uh, just a terrible, terrible day. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, not a great thing to, uh, you know, to open with here, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things we felt like we needed to mention and reminds you that there are more important things in life than college football. So, but, uh, speaking of college football, like, like we kind of opened with, we did not have a great start to the week. The, our, our continued dominance of the noon slate did not continue as planned. We suck. Right. Run us through the week 11 picks review here because uh, I, I think I went, what, 10 and 10 and you went 10 and 8 or something along those lines? Uh, you, you did go 10 and 10. I went 8 and 10. Uh, oh, God. So we, we took a step back. Mine was slightly bigger. Um, there There's one that we'll get to at the end that makes me feel a little less bad about our results. But yes. Uh, noon slate again, the, the capital D dominance, uh, capital E ended, uh, Oklahoma (laughs) at West Virginia. I was on the over in retrospect. This pick is, has a very strong, like 
I'm on meth and I haven't slept in four days type of vibe as far as this decision. <laughs> so I, I took over 66 and a half. It didn't really come close. West Virginia wins 23-20. Uh, Maybe save Neil Brown's job for a week or two. Uh, you know, they fired their AD. He's probably on his way out, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah. That was an ugly game from the start. Scoreless first quarter just does not. I mean, we we kind of both felt like that one was burnt after the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I was in trouble there. Um, yeah. Another one I thought maybe I had a little bit of hope past the first quarter, but I was banking on some crappy weather in Columbus, Ohio, and that crappy weather would slow Ohio State down enough where Indiana could cover 40 and a half. <laughs> and the weather was the weather was super bad. It was it was 37 degrees. It was blustery wind, some kind of snow slash rain. It was just it was gross. Also, didn't matter because Indiana is that bad. Ohio State wins 56 to 14. We just got our ass totally kicked. Another game. I only caught bits and pieces of this one, um, but we went 0 for 2 on this. You were on under 44 and a half, and I was on Illinois minus 6 and a half against Purdue at home. Purdue wins kind of going away. They're basically in control for the last three quarters. Um, yeah, I did not expect uh, Purdue to score 31 points on them. You know, especially yeah. after, especially after the first quarter where it was seven nothing Illinois, I was thinking, mm-hmm. man, this this is looking really good. And you know, then they rip off a couple of scores in the second, and I was like, eh, I could be in trouble. And that, yeah, it just uh, they they poured it on in the fourth there and added ten, and you know, it went over. So what are you going to do? Yeah, so we took two there. LSU at Arkansas, which was not a particularly well played game, but it was a good game as far as watching and being entertained and, and oh, yeah. some suspense and what you know, hey, what's gonna happen next? Um Well, anybody that listened to the show last week, I hope they were listening because I said before that game, I was like, This has got LSU hangover written all over it. And to me, that's exactly what it looked like. You know, they struggled through most of the game. Daniels did not look good. He only passed for eighty six yards. And you know they they did run the ball well. Uh, Williams had a buck twenty two on the ground and a score. So I mean it just it was a pretty ugly game offensively. Just was not like you said not well played. It wasn't. Uh, LSU holds on thirteen ten. So my LSU minus three is a push, which is a loss. And uh, but your under sixty three and a half did hit, and that was maybe the easiest money we made all week. Oh yeah. How much of that game did you watch? Uh, I watched a fair amount of it actually. That, Quite a uh, bit of it. N- Number 40, that Perkins kid. Oh, God. Harold Perkins. Yeah, he's just hell on wheels, isn't he? Yeah, he. I would venture to say that after Will Anderson is gone, he will be widely considered the best front seven player in college football. Yeah, like opening day next year. Yeah, I, um, I would agree there. That that guy's got future first rounder written all over him, and yeah. he's got a <laughs> for another for another show. Uh, eventually, he's got a funny recruiting story. You know, I mean, you you kind of heard Brian Kelly because that guy he was uh, like heavily leaning to A and M. You know, and right. was committed and was committed to him for a time, and uh, it was funny yeah. because they asked Brian Kelly about him. He's like, "Well, I'm glad he's playing for our team." And translation is, "I'm glad we ponied up the money." to get him uh, yeah but he's a louisiana yeah. kid right and i yeah. i think my impression was or at least what i've been uh taken from it is you know he grew up an lsu fan wanted to go there and then with all the stuff swirling around with coach oh hey what are we going to do next he kind yeah. of maybe felt a little un- uncertain about it and hey i'll go with all these other guys to a&m yeah. well brian kelly enters the fray and 
boy, that's a big fish to reel in because he, he's a hell of a player. Yeah. Uh, so on the noon slate, one and five. We suck. Back we were feeling. We, we were smelling ourselves a little bit and a little uh, bit, a little bit too much, maybe. Got, got a little humble pie there in the noon slate. So, um, three thirty. But in all reality, you can't be mad about it. I mean, Jesus well, still Christ. over the last month, we're well ahead. Yeah, yeah, we went twenty-one and eight or some shit in three weeks of the noon slate. That that kind of dominance, paying yeah. out at an eighty-five percent clip, it, it can't continue. Yeah, it it's. Uh, it, I'll tell you what, I'll take this kind of week if I can get three others like the previous ones. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like so. Yeah, uh, it's the price you pay. That's why they call it gambling and not collecting free money. Um, yes. Speaking of collecting free money. UCF at Tulane over 53 and a half was a winner. Yes. Yes, uh, it was. UCF wins 38 to 31 <sighs> to Man. kind of take control of the American and put themselves maybe kind of on the inside track for that New Year's Six game. Uh, yeah, now big you, shocker that Gus Bus screws me on that one. Yeah, because you, my follow up is you did have Tulane minus two and a half, and Gus got you again. Example number 377 of, of <laughs> Gus Malzahn getting you. It doesn't matter if I would have bet on UCF, Tulane wins. Chalk it up. Man, you got to get a, you got to get a, a cheat sheet or something. Here's a game that I watched so our listeners didn't have to Wisconsin at Iowa. Just be glad you didn't. Uh, under 35 and a half. Which sounds like a you know something made in jest. I took and it hit uh, Iowa twenty four to ten. They had like hundred and seventy total yards. It it was you know they blocked a punt um, in the red zone. They got a pick six, and that was like the the extent of their offensive output. So yeah, I, I saw it was a, like more, a, over the last fifteen years, it was the lowest yards per play. Of a winning team. Of, of a team that won by 14 points or more. Yeah. 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 That's what it was. And it was, yeah, it was like 2.1 or 2.2 yards per play, which is just a horrific rate. Um, <laughs> and then what turned out to be a, probably the, the best game in the afternoon slate, obviously, uh, Bama at Old Miss. Bama gets yeah. down a little bit early, comes back, forges ahead, holds on. Uh, they win 30 to 24. So you were on Old Miss plus the points which I was kind of hemming and hawing on. Obviously I should have taken it because that hit. And I just settled on the over 63 and a half, which uh, actually we both did. So we both missed that. Yeah. Yeah. That one, uh, you know, that it had some chances to go over, but Ole Miss just kind of laid an egg in the fourth quarter and couldn't really get anything going. And so it just, I, I thought the fourth quarter would be a higher scoring affair, you know, uh, I did too. And, and far be it for me to question Lane Kiffin um, running an offense and calling plays, but I did feel like they had opportunities to continue running the ball effectively and he sort of bailed on it to pass. He's he's better at that than I am, obviously, but it did seem strange <laughs> to me. Yeah, and as far as taking old miss in the points, I mean that like I say, I just I wasn't convinced that Alabama could go and win big on the road. They just yeah. haven't been and that's actually they haven't I, been dominant on the road. They haven't. And when I talked about Oklahoma and West Virginia being a, a silly decision that I don't understand why I made it, you know, I, I've been on here saying, you know, Alabama on the road the last year and a half has not been all that impressive. Like they've, they've let some teams hang around that they really should have been convincingly. I don't know how I didn't, I don't know how I talked myself out of Mississippi plus 11 and a half that that's a regret. Um, the evening had a, Shit whack of games. K State at Baylor. 
Uh, I took K State plus the two and a half. You were on the other side with Baylor laying the points. K State throttles. Yeah, great call by me. What the hell, Baylor? Nice effort. Just get thumped at home, man. I thought, Uh, well, they're at home, you know, hey, whatever. But no, didn't make a difference. They didn't even fucking score a touchdown. What a joke. K State wins 30 to 31 to three. And because Baylor only contributed three points, you're over 52 and a half, did not hit either. Yeah, I, I did not expect Baylor to, you know, I, I figured it would be somewhere in the neighborhood of 34 to 28, something along those lines. Right. You know? Yeah, I not mean, that, not just a total egg. I, I didn't see that coming. I thought K-State was maybe should have been favored or was likely the better team. Uh, and I felt good about them covering two and a half. I didn't see them winning by four touchdowns. No. Uh, speaking of a result that neither of us saw coming, Washington goes on the road to Oregon and comes away with a 37 to 34 win. Uh, Oregon minus 13 and a half <laughs> didn't, didn't work out for you. You know, something that I, about this game, which it, this game cost me some money this weekend. It pissed me off, but I mean, Oregon had their chances to put them away and they mm-hmm. didn't. Now that being said, would they have covered 13 or 13 and a half? No, but Something I neglected to notice beforehand, I did not realize how piss poor Oregon's secondary is. Like their their front seven is okay. They do a pretty good job of stopping the run, but they cannot stop the pass. And like they're a hundred before this game, I think they were a hundred and eighth in pass in the country and pass efficiency allowed. And so that that's something that I just neglected to notice really was how bad they were against the pass. And so Michael Penix with his big Penix injury energy goes up there and just throws it all over Oregon in the second half, especially. I mean, did you watch much of this game? Cause it was a like, big I, I, was, play I was in, fest. I was in and out for much of the second half. Yeah. Even some of the second quarter. And I watched basically like the last half of the fourth quarter continuously. So, yeah, it was a big play scoring machine festival. I mean, Mm. every time you turn the TV on, it was like up that, you know, Bo Nix 50 yard bomb for a touchdown. (laughs) Yeah. I was pretty, if if you didn't have money on it, it would have been a really fun game to watch. Yeah. Again, I didn't have much fun watching this. Uh, Georgia at Mississippi State. We both were on the dogs minus six, the Georgia. Bulldogs minus 16 and a half. Yeah. Uh, they beat the Mississippi State Bulldogs 45 to 19. That one. Yeah. That was a beat down. Uh, North Carolina at Wake. God, I cannot believe this game. North, <laughs> North Carolina at Wake. I took over 77 and a half. It's risky, and, but understandable. Risky, but understandable. And with two minutes left in the third quarter, um, I don't even have the final written down, but I think I just, I needed a touchdown. Yeah, the, the, it, it ended up with 70 total points. So you needed a touchdown and a field goal, basically. Okay, that's what it was? Yeah, you needed, you needed basically, let's see here. Because, they yeah, yeah, they were at, they were at. There was only three points in the fourth quarter scored, basically. So you were in really good shape at the start of the fourth quarter based on how the game had gone. Yeah, and, and then it was turnover on downs, turnover on downs. And yeah, it's it's not three and out turnover and downs it's a seven play drive that takes up four minutes they're they're eating up all this clock and not having anything to show for it so the i don't know i think we talked about it in the group chat what the what the live total was like halfway mm-hmm. through the third quarter and how many how many people just took a total bath on that 
you know, hopping on that, that live total and then three points oh, yeah. the rest of the way. Oh yeah. But now you had UNC on the money line at plus one fifty. Uh, we made these picks on Tuesday. It closed at plus one sixty two. So oh, yeah. waiting yeah. would help, but in either case it's a win. And another money line bet that you won was TCU plus two twenty. They go into Texas and yes, indeed. In somewhat of a defensive struggle, they win seventeen to ten. So our over sixty four and a half, which I actually felt really good about, didn't even get halfway there. Yeah, that was uh, that was a bit surprising how that game went. Scoreless after the first quarter and three nothing at halftime, which at that point we knew the over was toast. But at that point, you felt like it was either team's game. Mm-hmm. But man, the second half, I mean, TCU just <laughs> I, I, their defense. I don't get it. Like I've seen there, I've watched a fair amount of TCU this year, and I've, how, I've seen, how their defense did that after watching them all year. Yes, right. I'm just, I'm just going. How do you bottle up Bijan Robinson for 29 total yards? I, I don't, I don't understand what happened there. I mean, Texas was at home. Ewers only threw for a buck 71. I mean, they just suffocated Texas, and they couldn't get anything going. And even though it was only 17 to 10. That doesn't really. It's not really indicative of how dominant TCU was in this game. It was just really no, impressive. I, I believe. I believe Texas's touchdown was a like kind a, of a garbage time score. It really it, was. It, well. It was late, but it it was yeah. a defensive score, wouldn't it? Or uh, special teams. It could have been. Yeah. I didn't watch have. any of this. Um, I I just kind of caught highlights. Yeah, I, I turned it off before they scored. It was mm. seventeen to three when I turned it off. So I'm not sure how that. Let's see here. The final score was yeah, it was a fumble recovery for a okay. touchdown. So yeah. Texas scored three offensively. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, not uh, not how I thought that would go. But like I say, I've I said it on the podcast. It wasn't a super confident bet to throw down a money line bet on them at plus two twenty, but <laughs> obviously it paid off for me. So I'm not I'm not going to be mad about it. Yeah. No, I, I would say the the one competitor for our uh, easiest money of the week versus you know that LSU and Arkansas game, we had Florida State minus six and a half, and for Man. a third for a third straight week, uh, Florida State just absolutely obliterates a conference opponent. <laughs> and it's an ass kicking, man. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I for some reason I didn't write that final down either. It was something like thirty eight to three. I thirty eight three. Yep. Florida State hasn't given up a touchdown in, I think, 10 quarters, if I remember right. Um, uh, no, that's not true. Georgia Tech scored on the last play of the game when they were down uh, 31 points. They so. haven't given up a meaningful touchdown and going on a month now. Yeah, so. yeah, basically since the Clemson game. Um, yeah. So, boy, they, they're they're looking good. Um, so they win pretty easily. Uh, you were on under 48 and a half for Texas A&M at Auburn. Oh, free money. That was another free money. Really easy one. Auburn wins 13 to 10 in the debut, or not the debut, but the first win for interim coach Cadillac Williams. Indeed. Um, I thought because Auburn has been kind of a mess this season, maybe A&M gets it right. So I took them plus the one and a half at least. Didn't quite make it. So, boy, (laughs) they got some work to do there in College Station. Oh man, it's just, it's a dumpster fire. It's so bad. It's, I mean, it's, I have thoughts, but we don't have the kind of time to really. Yeah. I mean, what, what else can we say? It's right. just a complete and utter failure on the season. It's they're the worst team in the sec. Vanderbilt has a better record than them. And we'll, 
you know, speaking of Vanderbilt, <laughs> didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no, no, I don't think a whole lot of people did. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky, man. Whew, I don't know what Stoops is doing this week, but uh, apparently it wasn't studying Vanderbilt. Game no, tape. well, they have Georgia this week, so I'm wondering if they were looking ahead. But uh, Yeah, you would think. Uh, you know, so. it's as likely as anything else as far as explanations for what happened there. Yeah, uh, I did not expect our, even though our Vanderbilt over cashed in October, I did not expect them to beat Kentucky to put some icing no. on the cake there. No, because that gets into five, right? Like they're, yeah. they're knocking on the door of, I mean, they got to play. I think they play Tennessee at the end of the year. I don't know who they got this week. Um, they play Florida this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of Florida, they won uh, big over South Carolina, 38 to six. So they covered my seven and a half uh, to kind of round out the SEC for the week. Um, a pick that we both liked a lot was Penn State minus 10 and a half at home against Maryland. Yep. Beat down. Beat yep. down city. 30 to nothing. Boy, I, Manny Diaz has been really, really good there uh, for <laughs> defensively for them. I mean, yeah, they I got, would, I, they I got worked over. There. They got worked over pretty good against Michigan on the ground. Like, most everyone else, but outside of that, uh, they're going to have a really good year. I think they're going to win 10 games. So, yep, I would agree with that. And then here's kind of the, not really the elephant in the room, but here, so we got four asterisks with this 18 and 20 combined record. Um, Tuesday, we picked Coastal Carolina minus seven and a half at home against Southern Miss, and we both liked over 50 and a half. Wednesday, uh, we news comes out that uh, Coastal's quarterback Grayson McCall is out for the year with a foot injury. So Indeed. that line closed at four and a half. I'm actually kind of surprised it was that high. Um, Coastal wins twenty six twenty three. They keep their hopes alive for getting that New Year's six spot. The over would have hit had we waited. And now, if we had waited, I probably wouldn't have taken it, knowing he's out. But the over or the total closed at forty eight and a half. They got to 49. So we we went 0-4 there on a pick that neither of us would have made had we known that. But, you know, again, those are the breaks. I mean, it, it's not like the Bellagio would give us our money back in this instance. Um, <laughs> no. So No, that, it's an unfortunate one. You know, you lay a bet down and then it, it's kind of similar to that, uh, you know, the Utah pick I made yep. uh, a few weeks back when I, I picked them to – uh, cover against Washington State, and then up, oh, you know, shocker, Cam Rising's not playing, and <laughs> it's like, well, shit, wouldn't have taken that had I've known that. So yeah, and, and Tavion Thomas was out that game too. Yeah, he was. And, I don't want to say suspended, but I think he was held out of that game for reasons that are not clear. But yeah, that was a rough one. So yeah. I mean, as far, and honestly, as far as bad weeks go, eighteen and twenty is not terrible. It's not like we completely lost our ass. So no, and um, that's kind of been you know I've. Oh God, Phil, I was hoping to maintain my, you know, lose my money on Saturday and win it back on Sunday, but oh, uh, Phil- Philadelphia last night uh, kind of ruined that one for me. So I just lost my money this weekend. Well, yeah, it's always going to be those weekends. So <laughs> that's, that's our picks for the week. Now, one thing we did want to talk about, wanted to do an update on is uh, since we just got done talking about Grayson McCall is some some impactful injuries because there mm-hmm. are now we're sort of kind of getting down to the short hairs of the season. Um, some conference title matchups are kind of clearing themselves up, which we'll talk about in a minute. 
there's some injuries out there that I think are going to affect things potentially. So we talked about McCall, uh, another big one, Travis Dye, the running back at Southern Cal. He's out for the season with a knee injury. He went off uh, was it this. It was last weekend, right? Um, yes. Carted off. Yeah, because carted off the field. He's done for the year. Yeah. It's a big blow for USC's offense. There. Yeah, and, and we've been talking about it for months. Like, yeah, they're a talented squad. Their one question mark is depth, and it's now you're yeah. gonna, you know, they're gonna play a Notre Dame team that's has looked pretty tough. They got UCLA this week. Uh, yeah. You know, there's never a good time to lose a player like Travis Dye, but there are bad times that are worse than others, and this is one of them. So Correct. And losing a player like that when you've got a slate in front of you that if you manage to beat UCLA and you, you know, get a nod to the conference title game, you still have to beat Notre Dame, and then you have to go play the conference title game, which yep. could be Oregon or Utah at this point, you know, or, or possibly. Or, uh, yeah, I don't think it could be UCLA again. No. But- but we'll no, talk not at yeah, no, not if they since they lost to Arizona. Right. So it it it's that part of the season, man. So well, you know, this is this is why teams like Alabama and Georgia and Clemson prioritize recruiting year after year after year to build that depth. So right, which we're going to get into the conference title scenarios here in just a minute. So yep. Um, now this isn't one injury. This is three, and I'm talking about Ohio State. So Jackson Smith and Jigba has kind of been in and out for a while now with what is, a, I, I guess, a hamstring or maybe a quad injury. Yeah, most uh, of the season he's been up and down. It, yeah, and he, you know, so that's that's one thing. Now, they're deep. Yeah, as I said, good thing it's Ohio State and their wide receiver yes. room could start for NFL teams. They're Now, they're deep at receiver, uh, which is good because they have suddenly gotten potentially really thin at running back. Uh, Mayan Williams went. He he left the Indiana game and in, late in the first half, uh, carted off. Now he was back on the sideline, but it's unclear. Other than just, it, it looked like an ankle, but um, yeah, you know, just well, lower lower body injury. And then Travion Henderson is already out, and they've been a little cagey on when he's coming back. So potentially, your top two running backs and one of your top receivers. So it really doesn't hurt them until the Michigan game. Right, Uh, because they got Maryland this week. They don't need those guys to beat Maryland, I don't think. But no, no. uh, I think they're going to need at least a couple of them to beat Michigan. It'll be interesting to see how they approach that. Uh, Adrian Martinez at K State is he? He left the game with uh, some sort of leg injury. He has not been ruled in or out. But last night, um, some reports started kind of coming out of Manhattan that he potentially is done for the year. So. Might be uh might be a Will Howard barbecue the rest of the way. And honestly, I'm I was gonna say I think they're better off with Howard. I think in a lot of ways they are. Um some ways maybe they're not, but I don't you know, because he is the starting quarterback of a team that is in con- contention to win their conference, it's worth mentioning. I don't know that it's as impactful uh to their chances of winning as say the next guy, Tanner Morgan at Minnesota. Right. Um, he he came out. He's questionable. And this isn't to say that Tanner Morgan is some savior, right? He's he's not like the best quarterback in that conference. He's he's, he's likely not the best quarterback in the West. But um, from the bits and pieces I caught this weekend, they do not trust the freshman backup at all no. to throw and they it. shouldn't. He stinks. I've and watched him play. It's so I think the worry there for them is they're going to get if, – if he can't play – 
they're going to get awfully one-dimensional and and lose some of the balance. I mean, they ran almost 60 times against Northwestern the other day. I, I think they ran the ball, I think, like 57. That's uh, one game we should have bet on. I can't believe I missed that one. Yeah, so yeah, and getting getting one-dimensional at this point of the season with the games that they have remaining is dicey because they got some pretty stout defenses that if you – if you can only do one thing well, they're going to take it away. So yeah, because what do the, what do they have left? They got Wisconsin and Iowa left. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, not good. Not with the way Wisconsin at least has been playing up to the Iowa game this past week. And uh, you know, Iowa, <laughs> I predicted them to win the West before the season, but midseason, okay. I gotta I gotta say that I, I was not excited about it. Well, and they still got a chance. So mm-hmm. um so let's just get into that, right? Conference title outlooks. Um, the the college football playoff rankings come out later tonight, and that, for me, isn't really worth talking about because that's too far down the road. There's too much that we know is going to happen, too much change is going to occur. Yeah. We, are, we know who the four are going to be. Yeah. We know what order they'll probably be in, and it doesn't matter right now. What matters more uh, to us is the conference titles. That's the more immediate concern. So – uh, SEC, that's set. Georgia is going to be playing LSU. Mm-hmm. Also set is the ACC matchup, which is going to be North Carolina versus Clemson. Both these teams are 9-1 and one with their one loss coming to Notre Dame. And we'll circle back to that one at the end of this. Uh, in the Big 12, TCU has clinched a spot. Uh, they don't have any any losses, conference or otherwise, thus far. Now, as far as who they're going to play, there are four teams with a, I would say, a, a decent shot being K-State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, to a lesser extent, Texas. Now, Kansas and Texas Tech have not been mathematically eliminated, but they need so much help that it's not even <laughs> worth talking about their scenarios. So yeah. uh, K-State... You know, we'll, we'll talk about each conference individually with who needs what, but I think they maybe have the inside track, so that quarterback injury may or may not be a big deal. Uh, big Ten is pretty straightforward. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play in the last week of the season, and whoever wins that is going to win the East and slaughter someone from the West. <laughs> now, now, who that sacrificial lamb ends up being is anyone's guess. Yeah, could be Iowa. Could, could be, be- in Minnesota, it could be Wisconsin, could be Purdue, Illinois. It's not basically anyone but Nebraska and Northwestern has a shot. Yeah, and that's what's funny about it is because it's a four-way tie in the West currently, and none of them can go and win it outright unless Illinois were to beat Michigan, which we don't expect to happen. So not every no, think, single one of the four need help. <laughs> I think it's the other way around, which we'll get into. I, I think Iowa can win out and provided – Illinois, they would lose the head-to-head to Illinois. Um, so they need Illinois to lose. Okay. So provided Michigan beats Illinois, which I think most of the world expects to happen, then Iowa does control their own destiny. But, mm. uh, you know, that doesn't mean they're going to win. So <laughs> um, now Pac-12 is still... Eh, it's a mess. Kind of a mess. Um, they don't have any... You know, UCL or I'm sorry, USC has only the one loss, um, so they have the inside track for one spot. But since they don't do divisions, uh, it's sort of anyone's, you know, sort of a free for all. So Utah, 
Oregon, UCLA, they're still alive. Uh, you can't completely write off Washington yet. But nope. the help, but the help they need, I think, is so unlikely that they're basically done. So, yeah, and, I mean, USC is winning in. If they beat UCLA this weekend, they're in. Right, they're in. Period. They, they're, yeah, their conference games are done after that. So if they win, they're in. And Utah and Oregon, I right. I mean, they they both will still have a conference game left after this, but. Yep. That will go a long way to Yeah, I mean, this weekend, we might even know, depending on how right. it shakes out. Um, yeah. But as, as of right this second, there's five teams alive for two spots. Right. Now, we've talked about Coastal and, trying, and UCF trying to get that uh, group of six or group of five New Year's six spot. Mm-hmm. So UCF gets the victory over Tulane. They now hold victories over Cincinnati and Tulane, who are the two teams that are tied with them in the American with one conference loss, Cincinnati and Tulane play week 13. So that likely that Cincinnati Tulane game will probably decide who plays uh, UCF and gets that rematch. Should be interesting. Yeah. And then Coastal is, uh, they oddly, they have UVA this week and then they're at James Madison next week. So they're trying to get to 11 and one. And I don't, honestly, I don't know if they have enough good wins. Um, compared to a UCF or a Cincinnati or whoever to to get that spot. They might need some help as far as those other teams kind of cannibalizing each other. But they're they're trying to win the Sunbelt East, and then they'll play someone from the West, most likely Troy, because they own the head-to-head over South Alabama, but they're both 5-1 and one in the conference. So uh, really come down to those four teams for that one spot. be pretty interesting moving forward. I don't know. But uh, there's your conference championship look ahead i suppose yep and we've got obviously like we said some very very impactful games on those standings coming up this week and we're going to discuss those games i think right after the break right yeah that'll be interesting we'll see what happens there but i want to take a quick second and tell our listeners about our corporate sponsor which is uh, DraftKings sportsbook now imagine your kickers lining up for an onside kick you know you're not getting the ball back if you don't get it stakes are high tensions higher he kicks, you watch it, the ball lands. Uh, did we get it? I have no idea. Oh, shit, we didn't get it. But, and I lost my bet. But that happens, and sometimes you can win your bet if they do get it. And I've, God, it's happened to me this year. But uh, you can uh, experience all that excitement with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. Now, you can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Now, Eric, big game for your boys this week. You got yeah. the Vikings on yep. the road at Buffalo, man. Buffalo's laying five and a half. And honestly, like I kind of want to take the points with Buffalo, but after what I saw against the Jets, kind of makes me hesitant, man. I mean, what what's that looking like? Would you take the points with Minnesota there at plus five and a half? If I can get, if I can still get five and a half, I would because I think when I looked this morning, it was six, and I think it is coming down because it is, it, there, it's questionable if Josh Allen is going to be able to play. Mm-hmm. He's he's dealing with a potential uh, ulnar collateral ligament injury, which any baseball fans out there uh, would equate that to potentially Tommy John surgery. If he doesn't play, yeah, I, I guess I like their chances at least to cover a little more, but. Um, yeah, they were they were catching six when I looked this morning, and I was like, ah, man, I don't know. I think I would leave that one alone just because I don't know how it's 
him playing or not, I think goes a long way. Him playing oh, well, yeah. right? Be able to be able to play the whole game, like yeah, and be Josh be Allen. To be fair, I don't even know who their backup is. I'll be honest; I have no idea who Buffalo's backup quarterback is. <laughs> well, I don't either, and that's another thing that would scare me off because the Vikings' record against backup quarterbacks is not outstanding. <laughs> to, to, to be kind, they, they yeah. played one this last. They played a third stringer this week and almost lost. They played a third stringer against Miami and and struggled for much of the game. All they, right. Historically, All they have not been great against backups. That. Uh, that means something to a lot of teams, not my Vikings. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll be sure to write that one down for one of my parlays. Buffalo minus five and a half. All right. So, uh, and by the way, you can, uh, if you're a listener now, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays uh, once per game day, all season long. Now to do all this and get all this excitement, you got to do a couple of things. You got to download dra- the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN. And that is the Pigskin Podcast Network acronym. And uh, you get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code TPPN. And uh, minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply there. So check out our show notes for those details. All right. So now we're going to jump into our picks for this week. And we'll burn through some of these because they're pretty quick. And honestly, the slate this week, not great. Not very compelling. No, it's not. It's it, it's a pretty light week, uh, rivalry week coming next week, so a lot of teams on buys or might as well be a buy playing trash teams. Um, a lot of FCS versus FBS going on this week. But we'll, uh, we'll get it kicked off, and we're going to lay some cash anyway. And so we're going to start out on Thursday, Eric. We're going we're gonna to hit a Thursday night game, which is SMU on the road at, at Tulane. Tulane coming off that disappointing loss against UCF. This is a uh, 7.30 p.m. kickoff on Thursday night. Tulane is laying three points here at home. Total is 64 and a half. Where are you at on Tulane and SMU? Uh, I was really, really tempted to take SMU and the points, um, even on the road, but I I didn't feel good enough about it. And just with these two teams, I think I like the over better. So uh, give me the 64 and a half. Yeah, if I was going to bet the points or look at the point spread with SMU, I would be more apt to just take them on the money line at plus 128, but I'm not going to do that. And I'm actually going to hold here and not take a pick on this game. At minus three, it opened at four and a half and it's closed to three. If it gets down to two and a half, I would take Tulane there with a field goal, again, against my better judgment. But I don't think SMU is the same caliber team as UCF, so... I would I would almost be comfortable laying three here with them, but I'm going to wait and see if it gets to two and a half, and if it does, I'll jump on that. So that would be where I'm at, and I'm just not going to touch the total. I don't. I just don't – I don't know enough about SMU's offense and how good they're going – you know, could potentially be against Tulane here to feel comfortable laying the over there. So um, that – I'm just going to hold there and you're going to take Tulane with the points. Is that correct? Over. I'm taking the over. Okay. You're so you're over 64 and a half and I'm going to wait and see on this line here. All right. So next on the docket, we're going to move to Saturday. So we're going to open with relatively, you know, important game uh, TCU. This is a noon kickoff. So TCU 10 and 0, they are on the road at Baylor. 
only laying two and a half. A little bit surprising. I expected that line to be a little bit bigger, but you know, they don't, I guess Vegas just doesn't change their power rankings quite quick enough to make a difference after what Baylor did last week or didn't do. <laughs> so well, I mean, they'll, they'll always default to reacting slower versus quicker. Uh, they're not going to knee jerk too hard on one game, but you know, I just, you get an unbeaten TCU team, even on the road, uh, only laying two and a half, especially, you know, you would think it, it they're, I think like seven and two or seven, one and one against the mm-hmm. spread. Um, they're nine, one and one against the spread. So, yeah, like if I'm only laying two and a half, I think I got to take that. Yeah, I'm with you. I would take uh, TCU on the points here, or TCU and the points. I'm going to lay them. And also, 57 and a half. I know what Baylor did last week. And what Any, TCU did last week. That That's. Yeah. And that. I think it maybe it's a little low because of those two factors and Baylor is, we got to get to the conference championship. We have to win this game. We're going to fucking throw the playbook at them and TCU's got their eyes on the playoffs. So they ain't going to be, you know, conservative or anything of that nature. I don't think either. So I would bet the over here. I think over 57 and a half, I think it's a slight bit low here, just a little bit, point, you know, a couple of points. So I would expect somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 for each, each team or for, I mean, it's not inconceivable that TCU could score 40 if Baylor puts up a similar defensive performance to what they did a week ago. So I'm on TCU minus two and a half here, and I'm going to take the over 57 and a half. So, do you have a play on that total, or are you just on TC? No, after this last week, I'm not touching the total. I'll just, I'll just take the frogs. <laughs> Baylor's three point showing scared you off. Mm. Well, I don't blame you. That, uh, but any Big Twelve total like that in the fifties, I just, it, it's too enticing for me. I've seen too many of them go over. Oh God! Speaking of going over, <sighs> Georgia and Kentucky. Good Lord. Georgia's on the road to Kentucky. They're laying 22 and a half here. Total's 49 and a half. Where are you at on this game? You remember what happened last year when these two teams played? Uh, Yeah, you had Kentucky there with the backdoor cover uh, pretty much as time expired. Yeah, so Georgia was favored and they I think were... It was 20, I think it was 24 and a half or something. Yes, something like that, 24, 25 range. And they, they're holding like a 28, 30, 29 point lead. And it wasn't just a backdoor cover. It was the mother of all backdoor covers. (laughs) Kentucky goes on like an 11-minute drive. They they possess the ball almost the entire fourth quarter. Uh, You know, timeouts. uh, And at the time, we're like, okay, I get it. Like, you're you're getting your guys reps against maybe the best defense in the country. That's that's valuable down the road, right? That's good for them. Uh, But, yeah, they, they punch it in near, like, within the last minute of the game, too to cover that. And I'm not saying like Kirby smart is a vengeful person or he's spiteful. Um, (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) mercy may not exist in this dojo this week. No, no, nope. Um, So given that, and given that I've seen Georgia's defense uh, eight times this year, and I've seen Kentucky's offense, I think four, uh, I just don't see how Kentucky 
scores enough to keep it within three touchdowns. So I will lay the points with Georgia. Mm, laying the 22 and a half on the road. I am going to, I know 49 and a half. I think it may be a point or so low. I think it's a pretty good number, but I'm going to take under 49 and a half here just because I, I think Georgia is in that mode of we're just going to go and take care of business and get to the playoff or get to the SEC title game and then the playoffs. I just, I don't see Georgia going up there and hanging a 50 burger on them. And I don't think Kentucky, it would shock me if they scored more than 10 points, honestly. It really would. So I look at this as like a 35 to three type game, you know, maybe a 42 to three type game. I just don't, you know, maybe Kentucky gets a stop in the red zone or two and forces a field goal. I just, I I don't know, man. I think Georgia is going to pretty much do whatever they want and then take their foot off the gas. So, I don't know about the point total because, like you say, Stoops, he's liable to get a backdoor cover somewhere, but, or, or excuse me, the line. So I'm just going to take under 49 and a half here and hope that Georgia pitches a shutout. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to add in one game here that we don't have on the list here. We can rapid fire it <laughs> just because it's funny. God, I wish Tim the was rematch. Here. Yes. Just, oh man, I wish Tim was here. So Texas is on the road at Kansas. Oh boy. Texas is laying nine and a half here. It opened. It's st- at nine and a half. It's still there. The total is actually down a point to 63 and a half. Where are you at on the rematch of potential revenge game for Texas? Where are you at? I'm going to, I'm going to take the same tactic I've used. Uh, uh, I think this is probably the fourth time I've kind of used this rationale. Um, and it has has paid off every time but one. If you're going to give me nine and a half points, uh, so effect, you know, for a, a team at home in a conference matchup, I think I will take those points. I think I will take Kansas plus nine and a half. <laughs> oh man, taking the points with the Jayhawks. I I don't want to touch this game. I just wanted to get your opinion on it. I would. If I was feeling really, really, really ballsy, I would just throw out a money line bet for plus 270, but not quite juicy enough for me yet. I I think if it got to 300, I would have to take it. But uh, I don't hate that pick, plus nine and a half. But, man, Kansas, they're reeling a little bit. I just don't. mm, Uh, A little bit. I mean, the the backup quarterback has cooled off some, but they're still – I mean, they're still six, and they're still a decent team. Um, They really can't stop anybody uh yeah. the over the over is attractive but um i think i'll just take i mean you know nine and a half is a lot for a, a home team in a conference game indeed and if it if it were to jump to 10 i would be all over it i will say that if it if it jumps to 10 points and they have to cover more than a touchdown on a field goal give me the points with kansas but currently i would leave it alone all right so uh get back and getting back on script here uh, Ohio State and Maryland. So Ohio State is. Let me see here. I'm having to scroll. What's it's, the? Yeah, it's it's two up. It's the twenty seven and a half. Um, okay, twenty seven and a half. Yep, there it is. So twenty seven and a half on the road here at Maryland. The total sixty four and a half. I don't know, man. I, I almost feel like it doesn't matter. It's almost weather dependent. It you is know, because and also with a lot of those running backs hurt. You know, you kind of wonder if they're gonna sling it around a little more so 
Yeah, and potentially, um, but then you get back and you circle right back around to what's the weather going to be like. So, yeah, this this is one of those that I would uh, kind of like, kind of like you did before. I, I would just I would give this a couple of days. Like I I will decide on Thursday what I'm well, going to do with this game, and then I'll I just, can tell you right now what I'm doing. I'm taking Ohio State in the points. This is going to be an utter. You think it's going to be that ugly? Oh yeah, it's going to be a beatdown, dude. They're going to destroy Maryland. I mean, there's no way Maryland can hang with them. Not a chance. I mean, Penn State just blanked them, thirty to nothing, and Ohio State destroyed Penn State. So if you're going to tell me that Maryland can keep it within four touchdowns, if they're at home, I'll listen to the argument. But I'm still going to bet Ohio State in the points here. So give me the Buckeyes minus twenty-seven and a half here. All day, every day. I think it's a fifty-something to seventeen type game. So, I I think it's a beatdown. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I want to I want to look at the weather. I guess after especially after this last week with Ohio State. Um, yeah, could I potentially lean be towards that, but I will I will circle back around to this on Thursday, and more than likely I will join you on minus twenty-seven and a half. But I'm not. You, you get to these Big Ten games in mid-November and. You know, if you don't know what the weather's going to be like four days out, you're best off to maybe. Well, at 64 and a half, the only thing the weather would determine for me, if it was 30 points, the weather would determine for the line. But weather for me, it's only the total. I mean, if it's going to be a rainy, nasty, disgusting game, freezing ass cold, I might be willing to bet the under 64 and a half. But if it's a clear weather day, man, you know, 2.30 or 3.30 kickoff, shit. I'll probably take the over because Ohio State could score 55, you know. So it just – the total is weather dependent for me. But the line, I don't care if it's fucking snowing. doesn't matter. Ohio State will destroy them. So, uh, all right. Next on the docket – oh, God. Yeah, this game, man, it's kind of a – it's one you hate to even – like it's such a bad situation. But Virginia – Virginia's at home. They are laying one and a half points against Coastal here. I – I got to be honest. I think the wrong team is favored here. Uh, uh, th- they might be, but I don't even want to pick this game. I, I don't either because, it, you know, this is one of those situations where Virginia is just in such a tough spot and they've yeah. got so much going on and you just don't know how a team like that will respond right. to something we, like that. They could respond and play inspired, but there's just too many variables for me to touch this line being that close. The total is 44 and a half. I would lean to the under there, you know, personally, but again, that would be weather dependent for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this, it's just a man, it's a bad situation. So, all right. So let's move to the mother of all unders Yep. <laughs> because I yikes. couldn't, I couldn't keep this one off the line. When I saw the actual number, I just, I couldn't not put it on. Yeah, it's funny when you go and look at lines and totals and there's a a total out there that's like 82 and a half and also there's a 32 and a half on the board. <laughs> I love college football, man. So Iowa is on the road at Minnesota. They both need to win this game desperately. Minnesota opened as a three-point favorite. It's down to two and a half. The total is 32 and a half. I, I got to take the over. <laughs> I just can't. I can't bring myself to bet under 32 and a half. I just don't, I don't think it can continue. There's no way, right? I mean, you have to bet the over at 32 and a half. It's, it's borderline. And I would tell you, if I knew 
for sure that Tanner Morgan was not going to play, then I would, I would, I would go. On yeah, the I would bet the under. At that I would point. go on the under. Yeah, I would now, at that point. I don't know that. Um, so, well, I'm going to go ahead and lay the points with Minnesota here. I are just, you? Because I, yeah, I think I. And that and that also depends on Tanner Morgan. So, you know, I I would wait if it stays at two and a half, and Tanner Morgan, they announce that he is going to play. I would try to time that and fire off on that bet as quickly as I could because I feel like if they announce he is going to play, I feel like it's going to get up back up above a field goal here and get a, like three and a half. I think some of that is baked in. I mean, would you agree with that? I think it's likely, um, but I, you know, they're, they're not very good offensively, even when he is in there. They're just, yeah, they're just not as one-sided. Um, so I'm going to give, it, it's pretty close to a toss up for me. So I will just, if you're going to give me the two and a half points with Iowa, I'll just take them. Mm. Well, speaking of points, uh, Tennessee, <laughs> man, I mean, did, <laughs> you see, did you see? Did you see what those assholes did last week? I mean, just out there. I mean, poor Missouri. Good lord, Tennessee out there with five minutes to go, up thirty points, with their backup QB hooking deep bombs. Yeah, I mean, what are they? What are they doing? Like what? I mean, they ain't trying to make no friends, are they? Jeez. They're not trying to make friends. They're trying to make the playoff. And that's kind of the, the day and age we live in now where every, you know, oh, resume, resume. You, you can't play everybody. Um, yeah, but I mean, what's the, what's you the can't resume have common bullet? opponents with everyone. So now personally, I don't know that, that beating a team like Missouri by 45 is any more yeah. uh, impressive than beating them by 30. It's not. But. You know, it, it, they're hardly the first team to do it. Um, they won't be the yeah, last. That's, yeah, that's some Ohio State shit, some Oklahoma shit under Bob Stoops. I mean, that's just, you know, running the score up on people like that. Yeah. It's I, I, I didn't love it, but. Um, yeah, it's pointless. Now it's, it, it is a little bit different because a lot of times when Ohio State does it, they don't have the backups in. Yeah. But Well, Tennessee's you know, laying 20 and a half here. Uh, or well, it opened at 20 and a half. They're up to 21 and a half on the road. And the total is 65 and a half. I, after what I saw from South Carolina a week ago, I, I almost want to bet on a bounce back here, but man, I can't do it. I mean, are you willing to lay the points with Tennessee here? I, I am because I just don't think South Carolina can score enough to keep it that close. I just, they're, they're just not good on offense. I, I don't know where those points are going to come from. You know, unless you're yeah. telling me that they're going to, you know, get some get some turnovers in plus territory or get a special team score. I'm just not buying it. Yeah, I don't blame you. And I, I don't have a play on this game. I'm just interested to see how it goes. I think Tennessee could thump them. You know, they probably should. But then again, it is a night game in South Carolina. Place to be amped up. You know, at least they should be. I don't know. I mean, that oh, I would, depends. I would one hundred percent expect um, that that is a like a really, really good atmosphere, right? Oh like yeah. That. I mean, sandstorm should be cranking. Yeah. You know, they they got the lights, all that. You know, that it should be a pretty, pretty now, exciting how long, matchup. Yeah. How long that atmosphere lasts is going to be interesting to Correct. see. But um, yeah, just yeah, you know, the start of the game should be great. Yeah, it really just depends on if if South Carolina can get any sort of pressure on Hooker. 
Because, I mean, if, if if they can get in his face and just like, fuck it, we got nothing to lose, we're bowl eligible already, we're going to fucking peel our ears back and knock the shit out of him as much as possible. And, you know, maybe I could see it to where eh, they keep it relatively respectable, but I'm not willing to bet <laughs> on, I'm just yeah. not willing to bet either direction, man, because that. Well, and they, they kind of have to, right? Because it. I think when you play Tennessee, you have to be willing to take the chance that you're going to give up a couple of huge plays. Oh yeah, you can't just sit back and like you know. Well, that yeah, shell and, and just and that him. was that was one of the major complaints I had when Alabama played Tennessee. You know, we we weren't getting anywhere near Hooker. We weren't even blitzing him, and that's just you saw right. what Georgia did to him. They were in his face yeah. the whole day, and then, you know they gave him problems. So I just yeah. which is weird when Alabama did it because they still gave up the huge plays. Yeah, and right? so like even without being aggressive, so cor- correct. And so you would think maybe South Carolina watches a little bit of that Georgia tape and tries to implement some of that. Who knows? But we'll see. Um, next game on the docket. This is actually a really interesting game, and I don't really understand this line. Ole Miss is on the road laying two and a half here. It's kind of floated around up to three and a half, back to three, you know, down back to two and a half. And the total is 60 and a half. Where are you at on Ole Miss at Arkansas? Uh, I'm on Ole Miss minus any of those numbers. Yeah. Like I, I I'd agree. be fine with three and a half. If you're getting me two and a half, then, you know, even better. So I'll, I'll, I'll take the rebels in the bounce back game. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I would take Ole Miss in the points here. If I, if all I got to do is get a field goal win, I'm going to take that and lay those points. And as far as the total goes, I would probably lean over 60 and a half here because I just think I, I, I don't think Ole Miss's defense is the same level of has the same level of talent as LSU's. And it's again, it depends on KJ Jefferson. If KJ Jefferson plays, I will bet 60 and a half over. Um, but if he doesn't, then eh, who knows? But right now, this moment he's like projected to play so if that sticks i'll bet over 60 and a half so you can write that one in for me but we're both on old miss minus the two and a half here uh let's go to bedlam bedlam game <sighs> not the same level of luster as per the usual seven and three oklahoma state on the is uh on the road at oklahoma five and five oklahoma ou's laying seven and a half here am i I mean, if Spencer Sanders plays, you got to bet Oklahoma State in the points here, right? Well, so I started looking at this game, and I'm the first thing that jumped out at me is why shouldn't I take plus 245? Yes. I mean, they're like, especially, I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, last year, last year, Oklahoma beat them, or Oklahoma State beat them by four points. Mm-hmm. And this is not the same caliber of either team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But man, I just, I know it's on the road, but God, Oklahoma has been so bad this year. And I know Oklahoma state has fumbled around and screwed around, but I just, man, I feel like I got to take Gundy in the points here. I know he's probably going to screw me cause it's Gundy, but I'm willing to lay the seven and a half and or take the seven and a half and say that Gundy keeps it within a score. I just, I got to Oklahoma looks, I don't know that they win. I I wouldn't be willing to bet the plus two forty five, but I'm going to take the point spread and just take those seven and a half and 
Hope it stays within a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I like the seven and a half. It's just two forty-five seems kind of on the higher end for seven and a half. You, yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's good value. So and, I don't. Hate and the I kind of, I went back and forth on the total too because both of these defenses are not good. The problem is offensively, both teams have been so inconsistent. You know, I could see this getting into the eighties. I could see it being twenty-seven, twenty-four. So yeah, that's one of those situations where I would watch it close. And if Spencer Sanders does not play, I would fire the shit out of the under. <laughs> so, you know, that's uh that'll be one to watch. It it's it's gone down and opened at 67 and a half. It's down to 64 and a half right now. So I would lean under there, but I you know, that's a wait and see for me. So uh last couple here. Uh, back to the Pac-12. We talked about these earlier, man. So USC on the road at UCLA, which you know, on the road, that's that's a twenty-minute drive. So, um, right, and it's not much of a hostile environment anyway. No, and spread USC's laying one and a half here, and the total is seventy-four and a half. Where are you at? <sighs> Boy, that that total is tempting. Um, I'm still not sure who I think is the better team, to be honest. So. I kind of want to take the under just because I like, I want to take the under, but then I'm like, well, why has it gone down three points in the last day? Is everyone on the under what, you know, uh, this one is a tough one for me. I think I'm going to stick with it and say under 74 and a half, but I don't feel great about it. Hmm. Well, I'm going to take points with the UCLA here. I think UCLA in this game, I think Kelly, the layout like we talked about you know and uh calls some calls a few plays gets throws the playbook at them and also pretty much everybody that usc's played has been able to move on them and so i would like you know ucla to control this game a little bit with charbonnet running the ball and i don't know that you see usc can really control the tempo of the game now that travis die is gone so mm-hmm. I think that could play into UCLA's hands a little bit. Now, I could be totally wrong. Jordan Addison could go off for 250 yards receiving. God knows. But I'm going to just take the points with UCLA here, getting a win at home and ruining USC's title hopes. So, uh, you know, I think their win total was, what, nine and a half, wasn't it? And we, Who's? And we, USC. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah. And so we all took the under, and I'm going to – I'm going to hope that holds. I'm going to pick UCLA to win. Maybe Notre Dame can upset them next week and, you know, we can, uh, we can cash on the, the under there, but uh, nine, nine and a half. Yeah. So hopefully we can cash on that under here, but we'll see. I wouldn't touch the total. It wouldn't shock me if this game got into the eighties. So I'm just going to take the points with uh, UCLA and chip Kelly and you are on under 74 and a half. Now, The other big Pac-12 game is Utah and Oregon. Oregon is laying three points at home here. Total 61 and a half. It's up four points from where it opened. So where are you at on Utah and Oregon? My first thought is, what in the hell is the Pac-12 doing? Why why is this game starting at 10.30 p.m. Eastern? I don't know. (laughs) I just don't understand, like... It doesn't make much sense, but uh, like, how is this not a four o'clock local kickoff? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, you want to know why your conference is dying? Is because no one can watch your goddamn games. Yep, that's correct. Uh, you know, oh, 
so now that I have that griping out of the way, uh, Utah just dog walked these guys twice last year in a three week span. Correct. And I get that they're you know different teams, a, a different coaching staff, different quarterback, but mm-hmm. you know there's still plenty of those guys um, on Oregon's team that that were there and remember that. And, oh yeah. You know how do you? That can't be like a real positive feeling, even if you are at home. Uh, now, home night game conference opponent. I'm sure the stadium will be will be wild. Um, but I think it's going to be not necessarily a shootout, but kind of a shootout. Um, certainly yeah. enough to get into the 60s. I just I think 61 and a half is too low. Hmm. Well, I don't I don't hate it. I mean. Like I said, it is up four points from where it opened. So um, I'm going to lay Utah on the money line here at plus 122. I think Utah wins this game outright. So, I mean, it, plus three is pretty, you know, like I said, I, I think they win. So I'm going to, you know, instead of laying the, or instead of taking the points at minus 115 here, I'm just going to lay the money line with Utah at plus 122. I think Utah is a better team after what they did to them last year, twice, plus what I just saw Oregon do against Washington, I just don't have much faith that Oregon can stop Utah, and I think Utah can do enough to slow down home Bo Nix. So give me Utah on the money line at plus 122 here. And, man, if that – God, can you imagine all this shit with USC and all that hype, oh, the winning in, and they were to lose this game to UCLA and Utah mm. wins, Utah's in the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, pretty interesting, man, that you could have a Utah-USC rematch potentially. We'll see. Because, I mean, UCLA does hold the tiebreaker over Utah. So, it, uh, I don't know. If Utah were to lose, that it just, man, there's so many scenarios. But, yeah, I'm going to take Utah to win there. I just, I like them. So, uh, are there any other lines that we did not cover here that are relatively interesting? Because I don't really know of any. Not, not really. Yeah. Even the ones, even calling all of the ones we picked interesting is a bit of a stretch. There's just like half the SEC is playing FCS teams. There's not a whole lot of compelling matchups in the Big Ten um, or even the Big 12, which is weird with how many teams are alive still. Yeah. So it's just one of those weeks. This happened last year too. When you get to uh, next to last week of the season, a lot of teams want to get kind of that tune-up game in before the rivalry game. Mm, well, uh, I'm just going to throw out a flyer here. I'm going to bet on Purdue <laughs> to cover 19 and a half against Northwestern because Northwestern stinks. Yeah, they're and pretty Purdue, terrible. And Purdue's trying to win the conference or their division anyway. So give me Purdue. Minus 19 and a half. I think they thump Northwestern. And a secondary pick here. I'm going to take Michigan in the Big Ten as well. Eight. It's currently a 17 and a half. I'm going to take – I'm just going to lay the points, man. I know Illinois has had a good year, but, the, you know, they've got some injuries. You know, they lost their running back uh, last week. He, you know, came out and did not come back in. So with him potentially being a little bit banged up, I'm just going to lay the points of Michigan there and uh, go with that. Now, last I, I will I think I will too. Ooh, you're going to lay them with Michigan too? Yeah, I, like I think so. It, Illinois just 
it's not that they're bad on offense. It's just that they're, they're so one-dimensional. And, Correct. And yeah. Michigan's good enough on defense. If you only do one thing really well and you're not a threat to do the other thing, they yeah. they can certainly good enough to take that away. Yeah. I could see this as like a 35 to 10 type game, you know, 35 to seven, something around in there. And, you know, the total's 42 and a half. It, I mean, I wouldn't put it past myself to take the over here either. I think Michigan could score 40 points, but I'm not going to touch the total. Just going to lay him with Michigan. And uh, we're going to mention Timmy's team here. Last game. Liberty. Give me Liberty or give me death. Are you going to take Liberty minus the nine and a half over Virginia Tech here? They're at home. I feel like you got to lay them, man. I mean, Virginia Tech is just reeling. Who's at home? Liberty. Yeah, I think I got to take that. Uh, Virginia Tech is just so bad. Yeah, they're terrible, man. It's just, it's not great. I I feel like I got to take Liberty there and lay the nine and a half with them. So that's all we got, man. That's that's all the picks for this week. So uh, is there anything else we need to cover before we get out of here? No, I think next week, uh, some of the, the, well, obviously we'll have a much better idea of what the conference title picture looks like. And we may finally delve into, um, because we're going to start to get some clarity. You know, obviously we have the rivalry week preview, um, but we might touch on uh, kind of like we did with the conference stuff as far as the college football playoff and maybe even the New Year Six Bowls as far as who's got the inside track on those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there will be some interesting playoff conversations with Ohio State-Michigan next week. A lot of uh, big rivalry games happening, so that will get very compelling. And so uh, until then, you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulhair. And you can follow our other counterparts, Timmy Hunter at The Foot Hunter and at SE underscore Timmy Poe. So give those guys a follow. And uh, we'll be back with you next week for Rivalry Week, man, Eric. I can't believe it's already here at the end of the regular season. It's nuts. I know. It sucks. Yeah, it does suck. All right, well, we'll be back with you next week. So until then, see you later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.